Hi, this is Mark Atkinson, and you're listening to the Cherry Jam Podcast. Welcome to episode 13 of series four of Cherry Jam. Myself, Ed Price, Lawrence Landre, Jim Harley and Russ Brooks this evening. Snowy's in Holland, I think, still. Um, enjoying all of the Dutch delights, no doubt. And um, we are going to talk about Gloucester's uh, Premiership Cup victory. I say we, it's Jim and his dodgy memory. Uh, we'll then talk about the uh, England, England win, or oh, England draw, I should say. It felt like a win. England draw against um, New Zealand. Uh, Wales defeat to Georgia. We might spend a bit more time on that one. Um, and also, um, and also, just a few other bits and pieces um, around the world of rugby, including how on earth are Bath affording all these players? Anyway, right. Starting off, Jim, this is your time to shine, mate, because no one else <laughs> saw the game. Uh, I was in. Uh, I was in Manchester uh, watching Australia thump. Um, uh, New Zealand and Samoa, respectively, in the Rugby League World Cup final. Uh, Loz, I think you were out, busy doing well, stuff. I was decorating. Decorating. I knew it was something to do. I can remember it was you were buying things, decorating, or just Both. out about. Yeah. Yeah. And I know Russ. I, I had a ticket for the game as well, but I couldn't go. Yeah, because it... I had other things to do. Well, quite. And Russ, you were down in Dorset, I believe. Yeah. So yeah. middle of nowhere at the best. Middle of nowhere, times. middle of Dorset. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that that's all that. Um, now, Jim, yeah, from your best recollection. Right, honestly, you... I've just googled it. Yes, and it came up with <laughs> it came up with Gloucester Rugby thirty eight, Bristol Bears thirty one. Yeah, no, 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 that can't that can't be one. That must be a different fixture because I don't remember it being anything like that close. Right, um, but it turns out that the score was actually thirty eight thirty one, and that right. was the game that mm. I was at. Yes. and didn't drink particularly heavily at no. either. Um, but it wasn't yesterday or the day before. No. So therefore, I am properly struggling um, with what actually happened. Great. Um, <laughs> so Brilliant when it, when for a rugby supporter podcast. When it comes well, to... I mean, I could have taken notes and that, that might have helped. You no, would have helped, I mean, yeah. In all seriousness, um, it, was a, it, it was definitely a game that we were totally in No, it was definitely a game. I wasn't going to leave it there. It was a game that we were totally We were in command of at all times. Yeah. I don't think the result was never in doubt. And a, a seven-point kind of score, 38-31, mm-hmm. makes it sound a little bit like it could have gone either way. Um, well, that's what I was going to ask you because I thought it was thirty-one fourteen or thirty-one seventeen. I think it yeah. was at one point, and um, then saw thirty-eight thirty-one. I was going to ask, was it a close close game and we scored late on to win or what, or vice versa? No, no. And then, then there's no point in asking because you can't remember anyway. No, no. I mean, I mean, the thing is, I can remember enough that I was not stressed about victory. Right. So, or you were that, or you'd had that much to drink that your no, I didn't even. I, there was there was no pre-drinking. <laughs> And I only had a couple during the game. So, honestly, my brain is just absolutely fucked. I was just about to say, this is like a cry for help. This is how people get <laughs> diagnosed with early onset dementia. No, I know. 
It's, um, it's, yeah. it's, oh dear. If, anyone, if anyone's got any, uh, yeah. <laughs> subtitle for episode 13, the counselling session. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it, we, we seemed to be well in control at all times. Um, they got a couple of cheeky tries, I think, and then maybe had it like one at the end to sort of just make the, make yeah, the but, score like yeah. faster them a so, little bit. Again, Jim, Is there I'm a yellow have... card by it? Did we have a yellow card which outmatches, Jim? I think so. Yeah, Connor got. I just checked, but Connor got binned on seventy seventh minute. Mm. So, so I, I, yeah, Jim, I, I I have watched the highlights. I also read the review, and I, I think should, I think Bristol scored. The the, I think Bristol scored a try towards the end, which got them a bonus point as well as the try bonus point. So um, that might explain why it looked a little bit closer than it was. Apologies, listeners. Um, it is one of those things. I mean. If we were going to have a game where probably all of us were struggling to remember it or see it, um, Premiership, Cup game, Premiership Cup game probably is the one to choose from. So I can only apologise that we are. And actually, I was thinking about this the other day and then totally mm. forgot about yeah. that because I'm really good at forgetting stuff. Oh, yes. my wife's screaming. Has someone just scored a goal? Pat <laughs> Shitty uh, or whatever his name is. Um, uh, I'm assuming your, your I'm assuming your wife has got Belgium in the uh, in the sweepstake. Then I, that as we as we're recording this during the Belgium Canada game. Um, uh, no, she's good luck editing this shit. Ed. Yeah. <laughs> she, to be got, honest, all you need got World to do, Cup fever. All you need to do is Jim go. I don't know anything. Gloucester won. Let's yeah. move on. Um, I think that, we'll go with that. Yeah, but no. Look, what I was going to say was that. I looked the other day and thought, do you know what? I really can't remember anything about the game. I should watch the highlights. Mm. And the and whole game... And you forgot to watch the highlights. I forgot to do that as well as the game. But the whole game is available on PRTV. Was it 24 or 48 hours after the game? Yeah. As a non-subscriber, you can just watch it anyway through the app. Is that right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. The Premiership I mean, Cup games, I think, are a little bit different I, to the... Um... I mean, that's, that's really bloody good. Hmm. Um, so unless you take I should have taken advantage. <laughs> unless you totally forget, because I think it's just the Premiership Cup, isn't it? It's, yes, I think know, so. They, yeah. They, yeah. Anything they could do to make that competition actually relevant at the moment is probably good. For yeah, players. it is. It's, it is it's good one. to see the young lads, isn't it? But... Um, certainly, I do remember that they announced a crowd capacity that was probably three thousand over the amount of people that turned up because it's tickets sold, not people that actually walked in. At so all. akin akin to what's going on in Qatar, then yeah. Like they're they're announcing no, no, they, they're they, announcing they crowds. They didn't aren't. say that, that they had a crowd of eighteen. Were they the human rights issues? <laughs> uh, well, to be fair, I mean, I don't know. There probably are human rights issues in Gloucester. I don't know. So we, we've had no, to suffer. Yeah, but we've not had Gloucester Rugby Club. No, but we've had to suffer okay, for thirty now, odd years. This has gone off on a tangent. <laughs> yeah, it's gone off on a tangent. Anyway, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right. So let let we'll sum it up. A great win for the kids. None of us really saw it too much. Uh, and the one who did can't remember it. Ah, I've just remembered. Yeah. I can't remember his name. <laughs> right. But the, scrum, but the scrum half, the starting scrum half was really bloody good. I heard this. I heard that. I heard yes. the scrum half had a good game. Yeah. I also heard. Right, his, box, um, his box kicks were right on the money. Good yeah. height, just outside of the 22. And actually, they probably got made to look a little bit better because there was a good chase as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Good speed. Everything about it was as good as you'd seen from um, from you know from Chapman or whoever. So yeah, I was really pleased with that, which is just what we need. Another really good scrum off because now yeah. we've got four. Four. And I also heard the centre uh, Atkinson had a good game, scored a try. 
Um, from what I'm, I'm, I think I saw that. I, saw, I think I saw the, the try he scored and um, took a quick tap and ran through. Um, yeah, he did the turnover, didn't he? Pit the ball hmm. up, haven't got won the penalty from turnover, tapped and went over the over, went over. the sticks. Uh, yeah, Pelledri had a good game, from what I've been told. Uh, Again, yeah, like, Pelledri, carried well. Kind of carried well. To be fair, it took until about the 70th minute for his trademark handoff, mm. like proper super powerful handoff and, and, and run through. Yeah. But they the defense clearly had him had his number. Yeah. And every time he had the ball, he met he did make territory. You know, he went forward, but he went forward into three good strong tackles <laughs> and still, you know, won the won the con contact. So he's obviously he's made the opposition nervous just to, mm. just by being there just for buying yeah yeah but he still yeah. dominated um, I mean and then as as the opposition tired he he thankfully didn't actually which is really good because clearly he's had what three games in three years so mm. yeah I think that's good. the key isn't it you've got we've got to manage our expectations of his return that's a big injury he's coming back from um I've I've seen a few people say that we should be thinking of putting him on the bench because he had a good game this week in the next and I still feel like you unless don't need to. you don't need to do we yeah no you know, I, I, there's not enough there's not enough a team there's not enough um you know cup games for for him to get back into it to be honest and I don't know where there's the opportunity to um, maybe give him a few runouts for Hartbury or something like that. Um, yeah, well, he, he was down to needs... play, I think, a game for Hartbury, wasn't he? Or he did play a game for Hartbury in the season. I remember there was a game he definitely played for them. Uh, I think that's probably the route to go, I think, rather mm-hmm. than wait for the A-League games or for the United, you know, the, the, the odd um, Premiership Cup fixture. Probably try and get him a couple of games Um the other side of Christmas for with heartbreak. He, cer- he, he certainly needs to be managed by it. And yeah, very much. The trouble is if you send him out on loan to get game time to try and bring him back because he could end up playing too much. All of a sudden you think, oh, we're sending him to a championship club to ease him back in and they get hold of a, 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 a world-class flanker of his quality. He's like to yeah. absolutely destroy half the teams that are out there. He's going to play every single minute of every single game, which is not what we want. We want him to yeah. be managed. As, as you guys have just said, we're, we're we're lucky with our back row options. You know, we got two Asui um, back soon um, with the three that have been playing, and then you got the likes of Jack Clement and Jack Bartlett as well. So we're we're not short of options. And the lad who started no, at flank uh, started on the um, open side. I forgot his name. Who uh, at the start of the season, whilst Ludd was injured as well, he yep. looks a decent player too. So we're not short of players in the back row. So there's uh, no uh, for as great a player as he is, and we want to see him out there playing for us. I don't think it's worth risking his long-term future just to to do that. Um, all I would say is he does need to he, this, he does need to play more games than just the Premiership Cup because otherwise yeah, we're going to see whether we want to give him another contract. Or contract, not, yeah. got This twelve-month deal, hasn't he? Yeah, he'll get. I'm pretty sure he's going to get game time as the season evolves if he keeps developing mm. his return like this. But yeah, it just feels a bit <laughs> too much to bring him in. Next week or whenever it is. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, um, just a, a little note on the um, uh, the the other games or other fixtures. Uh, I know it was interesting to note. Um, uh, was it Leicester got? On? Is it Leicester got on absolute tanking? I think I think Leicester got thumped. But then again, it's interesting to see. We've heard this before about how um, other sides treat this competition. I mean, Gloucester now with, weirdly, we've managed to retain the five points we got against Worcester, which I can't quite work out. But um, 
Uh, it looks like, well, if we beat Exeter in two weeks' time, that will put us into the next round. Um, uh, Leicester group, gave Saracens an absolute tonk. That was the it. Other way, other way around. Other way around. But yeah, so um, it's, um, it is interesting to see that how, how the, each side chooses it. Gloucester seems to take it quite seriously, and that we, we, but we mix it with kids and the, and, uh, the players. Yeah, that... we, haven't, we, we never ended up playing Worcester. We played, um, we, we played Bath and Bristol, beating them both. We got 10 points. Uh, it was the Worcester game that got cancelled, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's right. Okay. Oh, anyway, whatever. But basically, um, we uh, we we've um, no, no, wasn't it the Worcester, wasn't Worcester the one like one of the Worcester games was one of their last games, wasn't it? I think I think that was one of their last games. No, we did play. Did did, did oh, play we did, Worcester? No, we did play. Yeah, we did, we did play, play Worcester because that's yeah. the one where John Goodridge was on the bench for them. And Thank you. Yeah, there we go. I knew that it was a league game that got yeah, cancelled, wasn't it? We, yeah. Yeah, it was. But yeah, but we haven't got the points for us. Though. We've only got ten points. There, right, okay. I mean, but, the, the trouble yeah. with this convers—the trouble with the qualification process for this tournament—is it's like this conversation Jim's just had. It's nonsensical, isn't it? So, yeah. I've I've had people try to explain it to me. I'm just going to wait and see who we end up playing. Well, yeah, where, where, where we, we end up playing and when there. we end up playing. Yeah, but we yeah. were already qualified before the game, weren't we? For the no, no, we still haven't. Qual- we technically haven't qualified the semis yet because extra have got a game in hand. Yeah. Oh, see, I just yeah. don't understand. <laughs> That's what I mean. Who the fuck knows? The criteria is just as clear as mud, isn't it? Yeah. It's just... Anyway, the, the good it... thing is, I don't really care too much. No, it's it, it's a nice thing to no. have at the end of the season if we if we want to get a, if we want to go for a trophy, but it's not the end of the world if we. I, I think the main reason to stay in it is because of the limited game time for the rest of the squad. So you yeah. stay in it. Exactly. So we play the squad. That's about the main advantage. Of yeah, it. quite. Yeah, exactly. Um, Players right. coming back from injury, getting around and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, what we'll do now is move on to the internationals over the weekend because there were some corkers, some interesting results, some hilarious results, uh, and uh, and then we'll finally sort of finish off with just the random stuff that's going on in rugby. Right, uh, let's start with Georgia Wales because that was hysterical. Um, oh, who won that one? Yeah, it was um, it was Georgia, wasn't it? Uh, Wales, yes. Yeah, Wales couldn't possibly have lost to Georgia at home. Surely not. No. Uh. So Wales have managed to lose to Georgia and Italy at home in the same calendar year, which is, I think, even for Wales, is spectacular. There's now open open revolt in the Welsh press uh, and among Welsh uh, rugby supporters that uh, Wayne Pivak needs to be binned. Uh, I mean, so it, you all it, think he should stay forever? We should I, lifetime, lifetime contract. Hashtag Pivak in. Pivak in, uh, which is and, and and you know it was it was remarkable again. Um, first half, Georgia sort of. Georgia, I thought Wales, to be fair to him, played that first 40 minutes. Wales actually played very well and controlled the game in a really intelligent way. Um, however, they didn't get enough try. They didn't get enough points, kept making stupid mistakes. Georgia stayed in the game. And yeah. then, yeah, and then you're then giving yourself, the fact that Georgia stayed in the game, and then it's all going to come down to those odd moments around the scrum and Georgia's scrum, my word, if you want to have a... Oh, two, it's one of the best things I've final, ever seen. Their final two scrums are, if you like scrummaging, they are a thing of beauty. Absolute, just hammered the, well, the Welsh back, got the penalty to get to go ahead. And then the, the, the scrum that basically led to the final play of the game and the win, I mean, they, I think that they're probably still trying to find people's Heads outside of out, out their own backsides. It was that 
the, the, that, that scrum got churned up more than what the, uh, the than what the principality pitch used to. Well, true, yeah. And I, the other gold from that whole thing was a tweet exchange between Jonathan Davis and Brian Moore. If anyone's seen it, no. Um, so it's to do with the football. Jonathan Davis put Wales population three point five million versus USA thirty three hundred and thirty two million. Hashtag punching. And Brian Moore replied with, "How many people are in Georgia?" <laughs> <laughs> which to be honest kind of made my day i just thought that was brilliant oh dear it is it is uh, it is entertaining i mean one thing i would say with, with the football that's going on as, as we all know at the moment um i have detected a quite a significant swing uh away from rugby as the national sport to football and you know not that i'd necessarily like the way that they've kind of it's become kind of a nationalistic bent to the football supporting side of things but it is interesting to see how they've managed to capture the 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 public's imagination uh, in a way that the rugby hasn't. I mean, again, there was talk on uh, the weekend about how poor the atmosphere was at the Millennium Stadium or Principalities, it's called these called now these days. Um, the, again, the fact that you know that there's people turning up just to get drunk uh, rather than actually watch the rugby. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's just lost lost to Georgia. You can't blame them, can you? Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah but ideally, they were drunk before that happened. I was going to say, ideally, you want to be drunk afterwards. They knew what was coming. Yeah, true. <laughs> but you know, it, it, there is it is an issue for Welsh rugby because you look at the regions. All the regions are performing pretty poorly. They're not they're not well supported. There's all sorts of talk about uh, a, a region being binned off. Um, you've got massive problems in terms of the international side underperforming, really. Um, uh, and all you know, lots and lots of things going on behind the scenes. There's a lot behind the scenes, isn't there? I mean, Sam Warburton, I haven't read the whole thing, but he wrote a pretty scathing article about the state of um Welsh rugby and yeah, how they, they need to basically pull their finger out and start thinking about the good of the game rather than their own self interest. I, I think, unfortunately, you've got it, it, it's a little bit sort of old farts brigade, you know, the old you know, the, the, the Will Carling side of things, but. You've got a lot of older guys who are in charge of the Welsh Rugby Union and are basically only, I think, generally interested, seem to be interested in their own international ticket allocation um, and are, are 30, 40 years behind the curve in terms of what rugby is these days, in terms of how it needs to be uh, organised and governed. And the, 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 the old parochial WRU, as it is, uh, in terms of who is in charge, what, you know, what do they know about professional rugby? Nothing. Basically, um, these guys, I'm sure they, they love rugby. They love their clubs. But these are very small town village clubs with, that have never played professional rugby. They don't understand what needs to be done uh, to get yeah, the you, setup you've got, right. You've got to be a viable business first, because if yeah. you're not a viable business, then everything that goes after that, winning trophies and having fantastic players, is kind of irrelevant because then you can't pay them. And then they start getting RC and want to go to France. Yeah, or staying in England. Um, the yeah. <laughs> uh, so I mean, let's let's be honest. It, it it's not great for Welsh rugby. It's funny, obviously, for everybody else. Um, but brilliant for Georgian rugby. I mean, I see the the Georgian uh, <laughs> based players who went back to Georgia uh, at the weekend um, after the game got like a hero's welcome. Understandably, um, it's their probably that it's going to be you know it's their biggest ever win. Let's be honest. It's against a tier one nation. 
no matter how we think Wales are in terms of their tiers, but it is against the Tier 1 nation. Um, and it's a superb victory for Georgia. Yeah, it it's, a, it's also... an away victory. It's an away victory for Georgia. I mean, they don't get they don't get to play tier ones at home no. very often, if at all. No. Um, so they kind of have to if they're going to beat them, they pretty much got to beat them in their place. Yeah, uh, yeah, and also it sets up next year's World Cup group really nicely. You know, yeah. Wales, Georgia, and, and, it, and again, it, it it just reinforces that that kind of the talk that's been going on for years about promotion, relegation, Six Nations, mm. you know. Well, it, well, should get relegated, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, it's unfair. It's unfair that you, you you look at Argentina, who were kind of on the outskirts for so long. Mm-hmm. They got, you know, into the, into the Troy Nations, what is now the championship, rugby championship, and have improved massively. They haven't, you know, s- suddenly become world beaters, but they are playing against three of the best teams in the world regularly yeah, and have improved massively. And I think that will probably show, you know, they'll probably beat England in the, in the World Cup <laughs> and, then, and then and then stop us coming out of the pool or something somehow. But mm. um, it's, you, you can't, you can't expect to get better without playing teams that are better than you. And yes. at the moment, Georgia are <coughs> not getting the opportunity to play teams that are better than them. And I include Wales in that. I mean, you see it. We've you see it every World Cup cycle. There's teams like Georgia, probably Uruguay. You know, they consistently qualify for the World Cup, and they've improved every World Cup. And they're not they're there or thereabouts in some games. Like Georgia got some good results in a couple of World Cups. Yeah, and they then and then every World Cup, you think, oh, maybe this is the time that World Rugby will actually stop paying lip service and actually might do something to invest or give them an opportunity to develop. And it just never happens. And we'll have that same conversation after this World Cup, probably, where a couple of teams are put in half about performances and then get no support or backup. Well, it's going to be really interesting, actually, with the likes of the USA not going to the World Cup. Yeah, we'll come on um, to that in a second, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's well, actually... The trouble is, teams like USA, they're the sorts of teams because financially they they're they're valuable. That USA are far more likely to be playing one of the autumn internationals at Twickenham than than Georgia or Uruguay or Portugal. Mm. But you know, do they deserve to? Probably no, because not. they haven't qualified, and that's the problem. Um, and, and because they are mm. quite simply not as good. No. But um, unfortunately especially with England, you know, it is such a cash cow playing at Twickenham that they don't want to entertain the likes of Georgia or no. Uruguay. No, you want, they want to be playing teams like, well, the only time they played Georgia was in that was, was when we, there were no crowds because then it didn't really make a difference. Uh, and the, um, they're happy to play against a Southern, a South Sea Island team because, um, you know, within the English rugby community, we like seeing the Fijians, the Samoans and the Tongans. It's quite exciting. They play an interesting brand of rugby and they can sell tickets to that. It's a difficult thing to try and sell tickets at the price that they want to sell them. As like you say, a million pounds. Yeah. It? You know, stupid, stupid money. It's a outrageous. It is. It's, it is ridiculous. But we keep saying it, you know, and yet people still buy the bloody things. Yeah. If it's a, but, if it's a sellout, you can't knock them for those. You can't places. knock them. No. Um, but the point being that obviously we're talking about, you know, if you want to see England, Georgia or England, Chile or England, Uruguay, is there not? I mean, let's be honest, England, England are going to put out a third string side, comfortably beat them. Um, and 
it's not great from a uh, a viewing point of view from a, from you know for and, people and it's not good it's not good for a team development you know from an england uh, team development and point of view. young's a still starting scrum out <laughs> yeah, they've got to get into 200 caps, haven't they? Yeah, Ben Young's Ben Young's in his yeah 937th cap. Um, yeah, I know the um just moving on to USA. You mentioned it, Jim. Incredible result for Portugal. Portugal have qualified for the, their second World Cup, I think now. Um, and uh, last minute penalty in America to draw and win and go through on it wasn't points. in America. It was in Dubai. Was it in Dubai? I thought it was in America, mate. No, the the tournament was. Ah, oh, right. Dubai. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. Well, still, they had three weeks. Three weeks, I think they played in Dubai. Fair enough. Right, but still, well, points two, two weeks, away from home. Weeks. Away from home, and yeah. um, and, and they've now qualified. And um, last minute kick penalty to win it. Um, well, to draw. And did and you then... see the drop goal? Oh yeah, drop goal off a post. The, the drop goal that they were playing with the penalty advantage hit the post. Yeah. And if the referee had played on. He would have given a penalty try yellow card for holding on under the posts. Yes, yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> such, it was remarkable. Such was, such was the chase in mm. the eighty whatever minute from yeah, the Portuguese. So it, it really was amazing, and then um, yeah, incredible result for Portuguese. Portuguese, but only only there because Spain can't work out who's Spanish, um, which meant the yes. Romania, <laughs> which meant that Romania qualified for the uh, the tournament uh, by right. Uh, and Portugal ended up getting in, into the repechage. Um, and America have managed to, I mean, the USA, Christ, they've had an absolute shocker. Paul Bill, who's our, our, friend, our friend of the pod and uh, people who follows us very kindly on Twitter as well. Um, he's, he's, he's obviously a massive rugby fan yeah. and he's American. So mm. he quite likes American rugby. And unfortunately for him, he's not going to get to watch the USA at the World Cup, which I think... First time ever. You know, yeah, which which we, we've all talked about, you know, an American Rugby World Cup finals. Mm. Um, it doesn't really help their cause. No, that's that's probably eight years that, time, or nine <laughs> years gonna, time. It's no. not going to help. Well, the hosts qualify automatically, don't well, they? Well, they do. I mean, the, the one the one thing that, that I suppose that sometimes, sometimes, and and not all the time, things like this can sometimes spur organisations into change and I'm hoping from the American rugby point of view is that by failing to qualify for this World Cup it kicks everybody up the backside a bit um, and it allows them to reset and go again and then they've got they've now got nine years to build I was going to say 2031 they need to reduce their focus on sevens because they've got like 95% focus on sevens, 5% on 15s. But it's think, because it's the Olympic actually, sport. It's though, the Olympic, someone said that's, that the funding all comes from the Olympics. It's Olympics, yeah. So it's not the, it's, it's almost yeah, but the funding. The thing. funding should come from itself. Like, <laughs> I agree. USA rugby should have enough money from like major league rugby and stuff like that. Mm. It, it shouldn't be something that is like centrally funded. I it think it's... Make its own money and therefore kind of work I think and if it doesn't like, that's a problem because because yeah. Americans have got enough money to go and watch sport I think what you've got to look at is like Ed said they've now if they get the world when the world cup's there they've got teams there I mean you'd have to be daft to host a world cup and build massive stadiums that are never going to be used ever again I mean what stupid sport would ever allow that to happen <laughs> so, you know the Americans have a good 
developing league so it all feeds it all feeds into it doesn't it it's great chance for exposure for them the one thing the americans are good at is publicity and promotion so you would imagine that they are going to sit down look at this and come back stronger for it mm. teams like canada there are a lot of teams there that have underperformed and are yeah. now going to have to look at it and go go again yeah, well, I mean, the benefit for Canada is in in nine years' time, one of the one of the spots is is been uh, one of the North American spots has been taken, so they get and there is talk of it being expanded as well for that World Cup, um, which well, I think um, a bigger World Cup, yeah, to make it I think a, a twenty fourteen um, World Cup rather than a twenty World Team World so Cup. So didn't do that one where we had like was it five in a group and then you had to well, we've got five off. in a group now. But it's first to qualify from each group. Yeah, because yeah. England the one year we had to go into like an extra. It was like a round of ninety nine. We had to play. We had to play Fiji on a Wednesday yeah. and then play uh, South Africa on a Sunday or something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, brilliant news for Portugal. Awful news for America. Uh, but we move on. Right, moving on to England. Um, now, I missed the first twenty minutes, which I'll be honest, I don't think I missed much other than New Zealand scoring their two tries, um, and. The next 40 to 50 minutes of the game were crap from an England point of view. Um, you did watch the last 10 minutes. Well, let's be, let's come on to the last 10 minutes because, let's be honest, New Zealand taught England an absolute lesson in terms of uh, finding a weakness, exposing that weakness, and then continually re-exposing that weakness, which was kick to the court, kick to the side, kick to the wings, expose the, the narrow England defence, um, and that try, the try that was scored by um, uh, the, I can't remember his name now, the winger. What was in the winger? Who wasn't cro- playing wing? the crossfield kick. Yeah. yeah. Rico Ioni, wasn't it? Is it Ioni? Yes, he Rico Ioni. That's it, yeah, because he was playing centre, but moved back out to the wing. Ridiculous. I mean, incredible try. Um, I think he was offside. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did see it. I thought if that'd be VAR, I think we probably would have not be, we'd have been talking about uh, uh, going back for a penalty, but. Uh, let's 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 give him let's give him the, the the benefit of the doubt to the attacking team in those circumstances. TMO, you mean? Uh, no, I was just thinking in VAR they would have a different line, wouldn't they, Klaus? That's uh, all. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in VAR they don't give a shit what which part of the body. <laughs> yeah, they, they they just go no no technically. Whereas in rugby they go mm, yeah that's. Right. I mean that that <laughs> whole trot bringing it back to the rugby yes um, that that try summed up the game for me because it was a really soft turnover by England yeah we just could not retain the ball we could not do anything we had no shape or any structure we couldn't pass other than Freddie Stewart and a couple of moments from Johnny May it felt like the rest of them just didn't want to be there it was fucking awful to watch Mm. um Um, yeah agreed and And one thing, Russ, just quickly on, and I'll come. You you get the first right response here. Is I felt very sorry for Jack Van Portfleet because it almost happened exactly as I put on on Shed Web and on Twitter the other day about the fact that New Zealand game there'll be one player new to the squad who has a bit of a mare of a game and is thrown to the wolves, and Van Portfleet um, did not I, have a good I, game. I learned. I I learned after that sub that the universe fucking hates me because as soon as he put <laughs> Young's on, it they, they, it? David Flatman said without any hint of irony mm. that Young's would give them something different to think about. So I mm. kind of 
called him on. I've said how good his timing was. And then I was ripping into what would we learn about bringing Slade on as well. And both of them turned the bloody game. You know, they were I mean, both yeah. good. <laughs> I, I, Slade's I can't less any... of a shock. But yeah, I agree with you and Jans, yeah. yeah. But well, Slade, I just thought, why is he on the bench? What do we look? What do we look? You know, it's my previous point. Put someone on the bench who's going to have some chance to do something. Yeah, put but... put, put two Alangi on the bench. Oh, no, put and... two Alangi out to fucking pasture. I'm so <laughs> yeah. fucking bored of everyone going on about how good he is. I mean, I mean, right? Sorry, I'm triggered. Yeah, but I'm gonna go. <laughs> we used to moan about Mike Brown butchering overlaps. Tuolangi butchered a couple. At least Brown looked and selectively chose to ignore the overlap. Tuolangi didn't even fucking look. It's like, no, truck up, Banu. And it, oh, it really annoys me. What does he offer? So, so, and that brings it into the game. Suddenly, Marcus Smith, Smith is like, it's like, yeah, yeah, we're changing the game, Marcus. So maybe we'll let you play your natural game. And let you cut loose, and oh, fancy that! He starts finding space. He starts exploiting opportunities. People start running hard, picking lines off him. The forwards suddenly are interested because they've got good ball. It's almost like if you let players play as as they are good at, rather than some fucking dullard game plan, your team will be engaged and interested. And it's the most invested I've been in ten minutes as an England fan for a long time because I find it really hard to engage as an England fan and I love England I find that really hard to say um, I just find it hard to care and I was really apathetic about it like oh we're losing to New Zealand and suddenly like you come on you come on oh my god you're going to do it and then they let me down by kicking it fucking dead again and taking the um advantage like the opportunity to just get out of there with a draw and their logic behind that even annoyed me but what depresses me more, I will, sorry, Ed, I'll let others talk in a minute. What depresses me more is we won't see us play like that ever again under Ed. Well, you say that. I think if we get through to like a World Cup semi-final, then there might be player revolt and they just play like that anyway. Yeah, probably drop Smith. Uh, Rush, your band, um, your band. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck off Johnny May, who had the best game in the world. Okay, I that I was we were nearly getting through the entire pod that I am to edit I it, and your can't. your thing, your, it's all right. Your thing, um, your thing uh, broke down, Russ. No, not your fault. Yeah, your ba- your bandwidth just went completely. Yeah, it was it's fine. Something that Chris Smith. It got to Marcus Smith. Johnny then, May. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah, Johnny no, May. That's no, what, yeah. It, it, just you'll probably drop Marcus Smith and Johnny May because I thought I was the best I've seen Johnny May play. He did England well. yeah. in a long time, and it's even more remarkable g- given his you know, his fragmented return from his injury. Yeah. But um, it was just frustrating. No, I know that. Uh, so in terms of the, the, the decision at the end, Loz, I'd like to get your views on it. Did you think it was the right decision, the wrong decision? What would you have done? Played on. You'd have played on. And oh, I, yeah. I, I'm interested in seeing what your... We, we, always... just, just some... Rugby's a great momentum game. Um, and England had momentum probably not seen I appreciate I wasn't at the game because I was in Sydney but not seen since Leicester making that comeback against Gloucester yeah. um, in 2016 I think it was mm-hmm. um, that, that, that the momentum was just unbelievable it just every time England had the ball they looked like they could go the length of the pitch and yeah. score as well 
Um, and they, they didn't know what to do when Marcus Smith got the ball in his hands. Unfortunately, he made a decision for him by kicking the bloody thing straight out. But there was yeah, from, from being from being that far down, you could understand why they took the draw. Yeah. But in the context, if they gradually through the last twenty five minutes got into that position, I think yeah, okay, they're not that dominant. <clears throat> take take the point, uh, take the draw. You've done well to get to that stage. But having come back in such a um, monumental way to have so much momentum, to be so much on top, we still had, I think we still had the numerical advantage, didn't we? Yeah, we yeah, did. Well, was, they were still down yeah. to 14. I, I think it was just the wrong... Uh, personally, I think it's the wrong decision. I agree, Loss. They, they Especially put, as a friendly as well. It's not like there was an argument. Position. So apparently the reason they kicked it dead was because they got pulled into the ruck. Farrell was in the ruck and outside Smith was like Tuolangi, Curry, Atoji. can't pass the ball to him, can you? And they, they said they were in front of him, so Smith couldn't kick it long and they were worried about the counter-attack. Now, there's this thing I've heard of when they're slow ball. It's called get off the wing, go to the ruck and pick and go and reset and just rebuild. Because like Law says, the momentum, so you don't have to win it off of one phase. Why, just... why, would, we, why would we be kicking the ball at that stage anyway, other than to touch? If it, if if it was the ball away, we should have been... Just it just worried, yeah, that, that, yeah. Whole in, that whole analysis, which was what Marcus Smith explained apparently, worries me about our decision-making going forwards. You yeah. just, just build all the that, play back. All that, all that post-match, this is why I did it, he'd been fed a load of info. If you get asked, this is why you did it. Yeah. Right. If it was a if it was a World Cup pool game, right? Then who would who would gonna, be the team? Oh, that's a good that result, moment, then, isn't it? Who would be that team that wants to kick it out? Would it be New Zealand or would it be England? And in that moment, England would be going, no, 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 no. We don't want to. Well, if it's a pool game, maybe you'd be, you'd accept the draw, right? If it was a semi final, do you want to go to extra time? Yes. No. Well, no. no you, you don't want to go to extra time. Not when you're okay. I'm going to respectfully disagree here. You don't want New Zealand to go back in and and have a chance to have a chat and regroup. You want to win in live play. Okay, right. I'm going to exactly the same as the women's the women's final. They were in a position they didn't want to go to extra time because they knew extra time wouldn't be in their favour. And I think in that scenario, extra time would have been in New Zealand's favour because they would have had the chance to kind of slap each other in the face and sort their shit out. I'm going to say, right, I, I, I totally accept the arguments that we should have played on. And I, I, I understand where Loz is coming from. First of all, I understand it's a friendly, it's well, friendly, it's a test match. There are no friendlies in rugby. It's a test match, and as I say, um, but it wasn't a World Cup game. There was nothing riding on it other than the results. Um, uh, I think it would have been an interesting, it would have been nice to see that sudden sort of, oh, hang on, we're going to do, we're going to go for it. You can imagine the crowd getting in, involved and all the rest of it. Um, and I think, you know, if they, if they'd been able to pull it off, it would have gone down as one of the greatest moments in English rugby in the recent, in recent past, right? Since certainly in the last 10, 15 years, probably. Mm-hmm. However, however, and this is my counter argument and I feel free to rip it apart. 2015, uh, Chris Robshaw went for the corner. A, a, a draw against Wales in that group it would have put us through into the next round of the um, of the of the tournament. We didn't go for it. We buggered up the line out. Wales won. We lost to Australia. We we're out of the tournament. 
I don't necessarily have a problem with the decision that the girls made the previous week because they were in very, under very different circumstances. It was, as you say, Jim, it was 50, it would have been 15 against 14. Uh, we just played 60 minutes with 14 uh, players and they were out on their feet. I get that. That was the decision they made was the right decision. I think at the time they just didn't execute. Russ, you mentioned about the, um, the, the phase that how the sort of phase player developed and the fact that you had, uh, Farrell have been drawn into the ruck. I think now I, I, I disagree with you, Adrian, about what you know. Smith got fed some lines. I don't think it's that. I think Smith identified the fact that Far, uh, Farrell was in front was in front of him in the ruck. There was <clears> one <throat> player out on the right hand side, two players out on the left hand side. Um, I think Stewart was behind him, and everyone else was in front of him. So who was he going to pass to? So, so, so yeah. that, that, he doesn't the, want to kick it. He so just want to the final, away. yeah, yeah. yeah. So so final, final thing, Russ. One thing, Russ. One thing. Final thing, and then I'll let you guys tear me apart. If right, Smith goes for it, and you say about bringing people into the ruck and and setting again and then starting again. New Zealand know seventy yards, sorry, sixty-eight, seventy yards away from the posts. They know that they could give away a penalty here. They're not going to lose the game at that point. They can kind of fire into that ruck. They can do it. They can target that ruck. That they know that that's going to be an opportunity to turn the ball over or get England to give away a penalty. If England had gone for it and cocked it up and then lost, can you imagine? And I'm, I'll be honest, we would be the same. We would be tearing into Eddie Jones about how crap the game was, and it was only that ten minutes that kind of made it look better. I get, it. I, I get it. I do understand that actually, it would have been brilliant if we'd gone for it. But the realist, the the reality of the situation and that moment, it was never on. It was never on. It had to go. We had to just say, look, we've got back into this game somehow. Let's just take it and go. Now rip me apart. I've, I no, it's not it's too professional. I don't, I, like I don't it. think it's. I, I I don't think it's ripping apart, Ed, to say that you can still play slow ball and generate. So the biggest law change in rugby now is, you don't have to generate fastball. You have to generate a penalty, and you can kick up field and get territory. They could have pulled Stewart in. They could have pulled Mako over and had a ruck. Now, before, I know Lars wants to come in. The didn't other thing, the ball back. but the Definitely other thing not. I'd no, no. But you get a penalty and go for it in the corner. You just need three points to win it. The thing I'll say is. Your point, Ed, about Rob Shaw and the penalty, the way you learn from those mistakes is to make them in games. It's all well and good and talking about them. You flash back to the World Cup, and Loz uses teacup a lot with Woodward, thinking clearly under pressure. You learn that by playing. Those players need to start putting themselves into positions where they're going to be doing that in the World Cup. You can't replicate that any better than playing New Zealand in a test match. It's all well and good talking about it. You need to exercise. If Smith thinks he did the best thing by kicking it dead, fair enough. But we've got to start showing some ambition and having a, the faith in the players to go for it. Honestly, and I'm not if if we'd have lost, it would have been frustrating off of an error, but at least they went for it because that's more ambition than England have shown in a long time. And we won the World Cup because Clive Woodward instilled in them that to make the right decisions and go for it, but have the bottle and believe you'll execute well. Lost. I just was outraged at the fact that this podcast because someone can make such a well 
reasoned and um, uh, <laughs> researched argument on here rather than just trying to wing it as we go along there. It's absolutely disgusting. Uh, sorry about that, mate. Yeah, sorry. I should have been yeah, far more, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a complete polar opposite to the start, isn't it? Yeah. I went on what I saw in the game at the time, had a few drinks after, and, uh, and, uh, and enjoyed the rest of the weekend, did a bit more DIY the next day. Mm. Got absolutely knackered, woke up, went to work this week, and then come do this podcast this evening. Couldn't exactly remember how, where the players were lined up like that for it. Well, as far as I was concerned, I thought it was the wrong decision to get the ball out. Like, but when you pointed out that, uh, that most of the team was in front of him and he had no one to pass the bloody thing to, then... It was one yeah, of those things... It, so it, it, it just proves it how, how professional players are sometimes, maybe. You know, and and actually, you, you, you're right, Ed. Um, in in what you say is that if England had lost that game from the position they managed to get themselves into, it, it, Smith probably being the orchestra, you know, went for it, yeah. That that tried to that tried to go for the win. Mm. Um, he'd have been the one that got got most of it, and maybe I I'm 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 one very much in Russ's um, way of thinking. Put, put your put your players under pressure. Not don't give them hospital passes, mm. but put them in pressure situations so that they learn to make good decisions in those pressure situations. Um, yeah. You know, we've seen players that can't kick an important goal in a in a you know deciding last couple of minutes of the game because you you can't you can't create that pressure. So. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to criticise Smith... If you've got the opportunity to do it, do it. Yeah, if you're going to criticise really Smith, would I would say missing the conversion for the try ultimately costing him the win. <laughs> I know it sounds daft now, we're thinking at the time we were thinking no, just get back into the game, but... We, yeah. we, you know, that, that right. wasn't... It wasn't the hardest... It wasn't the most difficult conversion yeah. ever. Um, he, he's a good well, kicker. He's, 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 a, yeah. he's, a kicker, he's a kicker of quality to, to get it. And, yeah. uh, you know... Oh. And, that's that's something that you can always. I mean, every single rugby match. Do you anything from, like, from the dawn of time? You can you can analyze and go right. You missed that tackle there. You really shouldn't have done. You missed that kick there. You really shouldn't have done. You know um, that line out wasn't straight and it should have been. You know, there's yeah. a million things you can analyze and blame for that resulted in yeah. I I I'm which ended in that score that turned the game blah blah blah. So. You know, yeah, you can't blame any one player for any one thing. I'm not, yeah, I, I, and I'm certainly not blaming Smith because I think what you're seeing there is our default, the default England mindset under under Jones. I think where you mm. just, you know, it's a lack of ambition because it's played the game plan. You know, to be honest, Gloucester would have done the same thing. I think where you is it's, it's the risk of instilling in this this one dimensional game plan for me sometimes. And you know we got back into that game because in the, the like of what Jim said, but it almost felt like it was. I don't think it was the players been in the game plan. It was the players going, well, we've got nothing to lose, and Eddie's saying you're chasing. It would have been going nice back, to keep that ethos going. Sorry, Lars. Yeah, going back to what Ed said, the one thing I would actually, um, I've made one comment I made, the one thing I would actually pick him up on, he turned around and said that New Zealand wouldn't care about giving the penalty or, or wouldn't be too bothered about giving the penalty away. I disagree. The way that our pack and our, that, that whole team was going, if we We've been able to have won a penalty there. We could have potentially been up on their ten meters, and then we're in striking range in the position yeah, yeah. where we can do a set. Well, I, I, I mean, so I, I don't think, think I, don't, yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah, all I'm trying to say is I don't think they would have hit the ruck with everything they had 
because they they couldn't afford to risk giving away a penalty and allow us to go. Mm. Uh, you know, I appreciate that we can't. We're not going to kick for goal from there. No, I get that bit, but it could have given us to get into a get, got us into a position where we could either won a further penalty to then kick the goal, or were, or, or actually then maybe have um, you know gone on to score again. Or well, we don't know what would happen. This all pie yeah. sky, but you know what I'm getting. No, at. no, I I, 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 I do. I mean, as I said, it's it was. A, I thought it was a really interesting debate. Uh, not only online, but you know, I was I was in the I was in the bar in Manchester watching the game, and and people were straight away. People were like, "Oh, why don't we go for it? Why don't we go for it?" And then at the same time, even then, I mean, I, I'll admit a lot of the stuff about position players, positions, and stuff, the the specific positions, I didn't pick up until after the game. But when when Smith kicked it out, I didn't I, I didn't instantly think, "Oh, we've missed an opportunity to go there," because it, it didn't look right from my point of view. Just you know, you're looking at the TV, you can see where everyone is, and you're like, "Yeah, I don't really see how we could we could go for that." Also, you just look at where Smith was when he took the ball; he was you know, 15 yards back from the ruck. If he'd been, if he, if if we'd wanted to go for it, we could have done. Yeah, he'd been flat. And he would have been flatter. And it, you know, it is, it is what it is. I, I um, I, I think it, I, I, you know, it's one of those things in a pool game when you're playing Argentina or Japan. Probably, um, if it came down to you, you've had an absolute shocking game, um, and you you you're getting in a position where you need to a draw is now looking like a good result. You take it if you're in a semi-final, uh, maybe with 14 players. Last minute, do you go for it? Maybe. Uh, my gut feeling is you what you would do. And I understand Jim's point about reset. You wouldn't, you know, giving the All Blacks time to reset. It also gives you a chance to reset. Um, you know, you've played, you've played basically barbarians rugby for for 12 minutes um, with no consequences. Um, you keep doing it, you'll, a pass will go astray. New Zealand aren't going to play that defence, aren't going to play up that poorly for much longer. So you at least can reset and start again. Um, but yeah, it's a good... I see, your it's a really your reasoned answers are just I know, not... Really annoying. I, I think, yeah, I think the final point for me is that, that bit, of, you know, was frustrating, but I think the biggest frustrating is the first 70 minutes. 70 minutes, yeah. yeah I, I, that, I agree. That, that's that's, that's overshadowing. It's overshadowing what is the bigger problem, is that we've got that in us. Yeah. Why aren't we trying to do that more often? Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Uh, final bit of the pod, um, we're just going to sort of touch on the rumours today that uh, Finn Russell is heading back to the UK and unfortunately is heading back to... Uh, uh, yeah, sorry. Bath. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bath. Um, now, again, we, we kind of touched on it before we started the pod about what do we think realistic, how are they getting all this money, where are they find all this money to to pay for these players. Jim quite rightly said they're probably, half these Wasp and Worcester players are on for a song because there's no contract. Um, and they're happy to get any sort of uh, any job. And um, Falatau and Watson have recently gone, so that's freed mm. up a few a few quid, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and Finn Russell is going to be the marquee. He'll be a and marquee they, player. Yeah. So they don't currently have a marquee player. I think uh, Falatau would have been that. Falatau was a mar- yeah. marquee yeah. player, but um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, to, to be fair, it's it'll be interesting to see how Finn Russell does in the Premiership because I mean, he he could he could do a whole Cipriani there, couldn't he? 
And by that, he's, I mean, yeah, do well, really he's... well, do really well for a couple of weeks and then fuck things up. He, and he well, does like, he does like a pie as has been shown. He's, he's, um, you know, he's a fantastic player. You know, he's come into this back into that Scotland squad and, and he's made them look a lot better, not hard. Yeah, but yeah, um, I mean, absolutely ridiculous to not have him in that squad. No, from but the first you, but from what you, what you, what you hear, the reason why Gregor Townsend has maybe left him out in the past is, is he isn't necessarily the most, shall we say, well liked or well, uh, well, you know, he's not necessarily the most professional of, of I, players. I think, I think what would be interesting is he doesn't really fit the kind of ethos they're instilling at the moment where they no. seem to be a bit more structured and disciplined. And I, I mean, what I should have said when Jim said of the, about the marquee players is I don't think Bath have got a marquee, let alone a marquee player. Um, <laughs> that's, but, that's one of the stands, mate. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but let, let's be honest. It'll be, it's an interesting. Does the marquee of, have a roof on? <laughs> it does have a few holes in. Mm. Um, I just don't see how he fits with what else they're doing. Um, the salary cap stuff, I don't know. I think they've got a lot of players who have come through the academy. It'll be interesting in a few years' time when those contracts are up and stuff. It, yeah. it looks a bit iffy, but yeah. do you know I what, don't know. What, what I do think, though, I think that if, uh, if George Skivington had been offered... Yeah, we've we've got a load of money. If you want a marquee player, would you like to get Finn Russell? I think without even speaking to the guy, you'd have gone, no, he's not someone I want to fit with what no. I'm trying to build at Gloucester. We'd also I lose think... both fly halves every season. Well, <laughs> every, yeah, yeah. Every yeah, I mean, break. ignoring the fact that, you know, we've we've got um, Scotland's second, maybe third choice. Mm. But I just think the way George is doing things is really, yeah. really good with his... No, I look at who they are as a man and how they're going to fit into the squad. And if they don't, if they don't do well in, in that, then it doesn't matter how good they are as a rugby player, they don't come in. And I don't think Bath have done that. No, it's funny. It's amazing how quickly we've been brainwashed to this, isn't it? Because it's, I think it sounds we, we, desperately like a Bruce Craig signing, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? I mean, I think, Loz, I mean, I, I get your view on this. Probably five years ago, uh, if somebody said to us, as Jim was saying, Finn, we are bringing in Finn Russell, the level of excitement that would have been around, you know, the club and 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 the fan base about having you know one of the most gifted number tens in world rugby joining Gloucester would have been off the scale. But as Jim rightly points out, our kind of view on things has been cut by what George Skivington has done, and I, I don't know about you, Matt, I, I I'm not that disappointed as Jim said I'm not that disappointed that Gloucester aren't in for him uh, I don't be, know about you uh, right, I, I, I agree I agree 100% Ed, yeah I agree if you if you turn if you turn around and you talk five years ago we got bitten by that we were in exactly the same position and then we got bitten yeah. by it didn't we because we signed Cipriani and it turned out to be um, the usual Cipriani we had, we had, we had one season of yeah. just absolute class <laughs> and then it just it just kind of went downhill, didn't it? It's now outweighed by the road to recovery and how long it took to to rebuild mm. from that. I'd be more excited if we were going to sign a more marquee signing. I would genuinely be more excited if we signed someone like Cyril Bai from France or some just big nasty tight head rather than like oh yeah someone like Finn Russell feels like an extravagance and the kind of player we don't really need, which sounds a weird yeah. thing to say. I just think if, there if are. 
if we sorry, Russ, all I was going to say is if we are going to sign a um, marquee fly off, I'd rather us go for someone like Bowden Barrett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just just someone who kicks all their goals, turns up week on week is is just you know what you're getting and i don't think you do with finn russell it no. depends on what kind of mood he's in that's what would worry me about what's him. finn russell going to be like when it's december and it's rained for nine days and the pitch at bath is an absolute quagmire uh, and they're, they're well they've they, they're known for flooding their pitch as well aren't they yeah. so you know it's, you know, probably, it, it's probably underwater now to be honest with you make it rain really bad well it's true uh, the, the other thing i mean we talk about sort of yeah it, that's it an interesting point about what well, you know marquee players i don't know if zach mercer is a marquee player my guess would be he is based on the fact that you know he's... Just, surely um i mean you might might be able to help me out here Ed. a marquee player if they marquee player for example zach mercer um you know 23 24 season mm-hmm. do they have to remain as a marquee player or can you change who your marquee player is? I.e., can you just have your marquee player as your highest paid man every season and change who that they is? Gotta, they got to they got to qualify as a marquee player. And Zach yeah, Mercer certain... it will make sense. It will make sense for Zach Mercer to be because we're signing him from an overseas team. Yeah. So that 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 um, I don't believe we have a marquee player. So it makes sense. Yeah, it's a kind of one of those that's put the proverbial no brainer at the moment. Um, I'd imagine we got someone like I don't know uh, Alamano or, so, or or Santi Carrera. So I thought it's probably um, detailed as technically it to get made so the cap. I don't know, but I, I would have thought I don't think there's any restrictions on who you nominate. Uh, it can't be a player that you signed from another Premiership club. Yeah, no. What I mean by any restrictions on who you nominate, I don't think that just because he was a marquee player one year mm. uh, that he can't be a mar- that someone. <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. They are a qualifying person, and that would then bring the previous marquee player into the salary cap. So that's one thing you'd have to bear in mind. I'm, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm more excited for us about Mercer. I think coming next. Well, year. he had he had an you imagine, superb game, a couple of games for the Barbars, didn't he? Yeah. Can you imagine if we do keep if Pledry stays in, like you know, comes back as the player he was, we retain him. You know, him and Mercer with Ludlow, Ackerman. To a, um, to to a a I mean, you, Jesus Christ. He's our marquee player, probably, because he was coming. He said about the deal that he had was his best he's ever had. No, he can't, he can't be. He can't be because he's coming from Irish. It has to be. You can't. You cannot. You can't have a, mar- a marquee player cannot come from another premiership side. Okay, That's so the I, one I, stipulation. I, so I, I imagine Loz is probably right about Carreras then. Um, probably not on the basis Argentinian players aren't actually that's expensive. Being so bloody logical, today, sorry, Christ. I know it's, it's it's unlikely. Oh, it's infuriated. Uh, I know. Me and my damn logic. Fat. It's horrible having to argue against facts rather than just <laughs> rage and opinion. Yeah. Um, or maybe maybe Tuasui played like for three minutes for a different club that wasn't a Premiership club. And then we sign him <laughs> off him and not Irish, and nobody knows that. Which I think you're into a... the realms of fantasy now, Jim. <laughs> I, I as think the great captain. I've just, up, I've just come up with a very clever idea, though, to get around there. Yeah, I, I think, think I it, think they might see through that. Actually. I think what it shows, though, is how much people, you know, we were all critical of Skivington in the past, but it shows how much people come round to the ethos and his way of thinking that no one is like, oh, oh if, why isn't he coming to us? We mm. should have him. It, it just 
seems mild indifference and actually a secret hope that he goes to bath and is absolutely dog shit as useful as a cat flap on a submarine you know yeah that's the hope now isn't it but yeah, yeah and it I, just shows I mean, where we're at. It is. Um, I mean, just just a final thing. Um, it's interesting, Russ. You 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 drew my attention to this, um, and it's got a lot of heat and a lot of support. It's a tweet by Leicester Tigers, uh, which was basically aimed at 14, 15 year old lads. Um, are you big? Are you tall? Are you uh, fast? Oh. Are you heavy or something or strong or something? Powerful. Uh, some physical. That oh, was physical. It. Physical. physical. That's it. Yeah. Now. I, I kind of, I'm of the opinion that that's, I understand what they're trying to do. They're saying that, because the idea was it was people who hadn't played rugby before. Mm. So it was an introductory to rugby. And you need you need one of those um, those attributes to play professional rugby, at least one of them. Um, but I don't know, at 14, 15, do you, should, we, that- should we really be aiming it at those certain physical attributes? I, I think, yeah, that's what annoyed me about it, Ed. And I've seen people come to the defence of Leicester saying yeah you need all of those and you should have it but like you said it's, it's the at 14 15 and that's my issue it's actually it. like if they took out like for me the, the bit underneath is it's about do you have these physical attributes it should be what attribute they shouldn't be doing that it should yeah, just be what can you bring what can you well. bring and look at exactly Jim that that if you took out that word physical it's a commendable thing of looking at players from outside of rugby that have some intangibles that could grow the game mm. but you just it just felt slightly wrong in the, the ethos of it because like you said physical physicality you have to have in rugby there's no question that you can learn that as you go along and people mm. people grow at different speed. you can get faster unless you're me um <laughs> but, you, you actually know, got slower which is I know, really. which is remarkable. <laughs> you did you did you did get faster at one point in your life you're now at the age where Thanks, you're Jim, like, that's very kind of you to say it was a week it was a week it was in October, a, about week, yeah, it was, it was a couple yeah. of minutes in tuesday yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I bit I bit to the um to the tweet and I kind of I I had a reply and had a retweet with a message and and I've had quite a few replies to be honest most of them saying it does say or not and so it's you have yeah, we, one yeah. or another of these attributes um lots of people going like name me someone who's just just there on skill and so. Someone replied to that, Finn Russell. Because uh, <laughs> to be fair, he's not massive. He's yeah. not really tall. Um, and I mean, yeah, it, he's full of skills. But I, I get it. The likes of Jim Hamilton, very late adopter to the game. And, you know, he was plucked. How old was he? He might have even been 19. 19. Yeah. Um, I- you know, so he was, he was way older than the vast majority of kids that think they're going to be professional rugby players. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was plucked f- from because he was a tall bloke and had he had the right mental attitude and he had one of the good physical attributes yeah. and they taught him the rest. And I think I, I get it. There, there, there are there is some of that. And But my, my issue, I think and you've already touched on is, is think, the age thing. because There's, there's going to be 14, 15 year olds that could yet grow another bloody 30 centimetres. All I was going to say is, Ed, you and I were tall, are tall and fast, but it didn't help us in our rugby game. <laughs> I think. No. Need to, no, what I'm trying to say is, it needs to be a rugby brain. There needs to be some sort of rugby intelligence as well involved. And and why would you want to 
exclude someone who potentially could is as not as tall and not as quick and not maybe not as physical but has a rugby brain and can actually get has the vision and ability to get that ball past someone who is bigger or stronger or faster than them which mm. could actually put someone in to score I mean you can't just exclude that because the rugby or it is a game for all sizes I appreciate that a good big one will always be a good little one but I still think you need more to it and it, the, the, the advert I, 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 it does feel uncomfortable with me I think, yeah, I think my final thought on it was I was trying to think if, if Leicester ever had anyone in their history who wasn't the biggest in their position, wasn't the most physical in their position, wasn't the most skillful in their position and wasn't the most fastest. And he actually won a World Cup and that was Neil Back who had to go against all of yeah. those for well, years. Neil, Neil Back was one of yeah, the people. Yeah, he that, was the one who um, drew my attention to it. To it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, do you know what I mean? And Loz is right. That's the thing. It's like... Martin Johnson was, a, you know, he was a presence, but you wouldn't, he probably wouldn't be the first to say he was the most skillful rugby player, but Christ, he was probably one of the best rugby players. They're very different things. And I think that's it. It's if we're going to try and go outside the circle of the game and find new players, let's be a bit bold about it. That's what it feels to me. And also it is a bit of a backhanded slap to those people who are never going to spot. You still want to grow the game. You know, Jim, you're coaching at a young age. You don't want to say to them, sorry, lads, because you're not big or fast. You might as well bin off that dream yeah. from the no, outset. No, it's, it's, it's a massive thing, um, you know, and we've got, I've got a team and the vast majority of their birthdays are after Easter, yeah. which means straight off the bat, they're six months behind a lot of other teams makes a big difference to that age, um, and it and it does. You know whether they've, you know, not quite hit puberty or they're you know well into it. It's it's a huge difference, and unfortunately, mm. the the kids that are, you know, hit puberty early and are physically, they're, they're stronger, they're bigger, they're more intimidating. They they tick a lot of those Leicester boxes. That doesn't necessarily mean they're a better rugby player. I've got better rugby players. They're unfortunately not quite big enough to compete. Mm. Well, Physically. that's a, that's a really <laughs> and, good point, actually, Jim. And actually, really if point. they were playing against if they were playing against equal sized kids that would maybe be a year younger but were at the same state of puberty, mm. they would absolutely dominate. Not because they're older, no, but because they're better rugby players. So that, that, that there's an I mean, it's it's something that's interesting. Obviously, again, the, the point that Russell's making about the fact that it is an it is it is in fact a, a an attempt to try and draw from a pool of players that are outside the standard rugby mould. They aren't at necessarily, I suppose, at maybe rugby playing schools or anything like that. But what what is interesting is that, I mean, even New Zealand, you know, because New Zealand have this problem. There's You've got guys who are South Sea Islanders, um, Samoans, Fijians, whatever, uh, Maori guy kids who develop... Huge. Just develop Absolutely at a lot giant. quicker rate. And if you let, I mean, they don't, they have weight categories, don't they, in New Zealand? They don't have age categories. They have weight categories. That was the point I was thinking of making. And, 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 and the, the fact is, you've, I get what they're trying to do. They're saying people maybe, maybe, so maybe kids who are uh, maybe sort of inner city kids, if we're going to be pejorative about, but kids who aren't maybe your archetypal rugby player, they're fast, they're tall, they're strong. Uh, and we're going to um, we're going to get them along to a rugby game, a rugby practice. We're going to give them the chance to get run run with the ball at people, scare the crap out of people, and then develop the skills from there. Great, but why don't, as you say, there are plenty of other kids who probably come from the same backgrounds, the same things. They maybe not see themselves as rugby players, but have got 
maybe got a bit maybe something about them that haven't got necessarily that pace but can maybe think they a bit might quicker be, than everybody else. They might else. be really, really good at football. But yeah, not and, really like, but not really like football, and they yeah. could be the next best scrum half in the world. Well, or I mean, you know, the the, the one I go back to. Somebody else has mentioned this about the fact that you look at someone like, and I'm a Saints fan, so I look at Malatissier. Malatissier was not quick, not particularly strong. Towards the end of his career, was normally overweight, and they, t- I mean, the, one of the greatest midfielder players of all time, Xavi. Again, not renowned for his speed. Uh, I know football's a bit different in terms of you can have smaller players. But but he would always say about the fact that what was remarkable about this year when he got the ball and he was able to dribble around players without having to sprint past them because he was just so skillful. You can he was able to think ahead of the time. Teddy Sheringham playing football was never the quickest, but was always a second almost well, the joke was the thing was they were saying was always half a second of it ahead of everybody else. That's why he played so long into his career. Um, yeah, you know, and and there's there's plenty of other players like you know Ronaldo, for example. All right, he's a he's a ridiculous medical specimen, but he's thinking ahead of his time, uh, thinking ahead all the time. Um, the uh, that's what I think you, you're missing here. You're missing that thing. You know, do you do you play other sports? Do you um, enjoy? You know, do, do you find yourself like wanting to to do, try something different? Be a bit more open about it. You don't have to be all about physicality. Um, do you like Do you like fighting? Do you, like drink- <laughs> do you like drinking? Well, then come along to Leicester Tigers. Yeah, do you like real. fighting? Do you like drinking? Do you like drinking vomit from other people's shoes? You'll love rugby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. On that note, shall we say? Uh, right, we've got a game this weekend against Quinns, I believe, um, and uh, then it's back to yeah, the. It's a, it's a Friday night at the Stoop, and it's not it, even it, even though it's a Friday night game, mm. it's on PRTV and not. Uh, BT, isn't it? Yeah, which is a weird one. Which is weird. Yeah. Uh, not on BT you what? Sorry, it's not on BT Sport. I, I don't believe so, and we, we're happy to be corrected, but I don't believe it is, mate. Um, no, 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 I'm not saying. Very well, we're talking. Carry on. Well, we're talking. Yeah, uh, it is. Uh, there is an, but we've also got England South Africa, which will be another opportunity to see. Uh, Obviously, Razzie's been banned for two weeks for whinging, so we got we're not going to get. How a, is it uh, only two weeks? Oh, it's disgusting. You're well, like, it's a repeat offence. He should be banned for six months. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it is a farce. I think I think they're trying to give him the opportunity to maybe change his ways. He won't. Yeah, because he's he's done that already, hasn't he? Come he back won't ban straight away. I mean, it's even not on BT Sport. BT Sport seems to have turned into American Sport on Friday night. It's got large live college football on both BT Sport 1 and 2 mm-hmm. and live basketball on BT Sport 3 remarkable um i mean it is ridiculous the but yeah but going, i mean going back to the Safka thing i do think um it'll be well it's going to be it's just going to be a, an arm wrestle isn't it let's be honest there's not going to be a lot of out there's not going to be a huge amount outside of uh, 13 uh, i would imagine Safka will probably look at what New Zealand did and maybe look to kick to the wings a bit um and um, we'll watch Australia uh, thump Wales like they would normally do. Um, and, um, yeah, and then we've got a couple of weeks before Christmas and... Um, and then the Leicester game. And the Leicester game, yeah. Um, uh, one thing it would be nice to see, though, is to see uh, some uh, some more shocks. We obviously saw uh, Italy beat Australia. Um, it would be nice to see another sort of uh, a similar shock to, what, like, uh, in, like England beating South Africa? Yeah, <laughs> like England beating <laughs> South Africa. That would be a nice way to round off the, the winter. 
Um, right. And, and um, yeah, I think that's it really for the, for this evening, guys. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, I, I very much enjoyed Russ's um, rant. I think that's going to be... Uh, it's, you... it's been overdue one, haven't I? You have, That's what yeah. happens when I've had a shit week, basically. Mm, but, yeah. I know. But um, and we and I and I look forward to um, the the next episode of Jim's uh, gradual dementia um, <laughs> diagnosis. Don't, don't take the piss. It is a problem. <laughs> it's just more than it's been surfaced by us idiots on a podcast. Yeah. I'm just waiting for someone honestly, to mess- honestly. I've got really really good at just blagging. And just like mentioning stuff. Oh yeah, that line out. You know that line out on about thirty-five minutes. That was brilliant, wasn't it? That was really good. We we did well to, to so hold that. So the rate and then the way- shit like that. I do I do in interviews now. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, it's a good talk, job you have for that. You know, in the public domain, isn't it? Yeah. When you say you do, inter- when you do it in interviews, it. do you mean like during interviews for your fire service jobs? Because that's mildly worrying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's paying Ed to cut that out. <laughs> I think being able to just talk shit and get and people not realise that you're absolutely totally out of your depth mm. and don't have a clue, it's a skill. I'm yeah. Jim Harley, and welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 102 episodes of this podcast, mate, so we've done well already. So I, reckon, I reckon what we all need to start doing now is just making up stuff that happens in the game and just seeing if Jim runs with it after. Oh, I probably would. <laughs> yeah wasn't it remarkable when mr blobby took the uh, took that short inside ball yeah oh, when, Skiv, no, no, when no, we when we were down on silly. all those subs and george skivington had to come in and yeah yeah stuff like that i might not <laughs> i mean yeah i mean i admittedly i was on a back remember that turnover that happened on our five meter line oh yeah that one that was really good wasn't it <laughs> mm. yeah anyway anyway right on that note thank you very much guys we will speak we'll speak at <laughs> next week and uh have a lovely weekend enjoy cheers boys